Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. See you on the other side. The last podcast of 2015. We got some slap happiness going on yes. here. We're all slap happy because we're enjoying the holidays <laughs> as we are wont to do. And we're probably oversugared from all the treats. Easily. All the, all the wonderful Christmas candy. Yes. I hope everybody's getting as many cookies <laughs> as they can get their hands on and enjoying them. And you know, it's, it's a big day this week because it's the last day of 2015. Okay, I'm here. This is Mike, and I'm here with... Wendy. And we're from Sunspot, See You on the Side podcast. And we're here with my sister, Allison. Hi, guys. Happy holidays. Hi, Allison. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Allison from MilwaukeeGhost.com. She's been a guest on many podcasts. And today we're counting down the 10 most popular See You on the Other Side episodes of 2015. And that's what we're we'll talking about today to close her out. That's right. And man, there were so many episodes. I was, I was first going through them in my mental Rolodex mm-hmm. and trying to you know, remember my favorite moments and things like that. And then I had to look at the list and I realized we really cover a lot of ground. Good I, job, guys. Good job, everybody. Pat Very ourselves cool. on the back. No, oh, but uh, <laughs> oh, my back but, hurts because I've had it so hard. Really, there was quite a variety of topics that we covered and people that we met. And it's been a pretty darn good year, I think. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. And, and I think there's a lot of these, even in these most popular episodes, I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Because I think that's, I mean, see you on the other side. Like, I'd like the first episode of a topic to be like a 101. So let's say you're someone who's never heard of it before. You know, like when we did the Stanford Prison Experiment. There's probably a lot of people that never had heard of the Stanford Prison Experiment before. Like um, me? No, I actually had heard of it. Sure. But <laughs> I didn't know nearly as much as what I know now. So. Right. And then the, the idea is like, okay, so now you know about it. Now we can get more into the psychology. We can do another episode going on, you know, what, what makes people sickos or whatever. Um, or we take it... <laughs> Right. And you do an episode on lucid dreaming. And it's like, okay, well, that's the first thing. First, we need to explain what lucid dreaming is. So then we can send people back uh, and listen to that episode before they get into the advanced studies is where, right. we, where we can tell people all about our lucid dreams. Or the something 201, like that. the 200 level. Yeah, yeah the 201 class is to get into your perverted lucid dreams. Well, <laughs> you know, the lucid dreaming one, actually, that was um, one of my favorites. It, it's hard to pick a favorite because... Um, just everything you do is art, guys. I mean, you're awesome. Yeah, and right. It, it's true. Everything we do is <laughs> art. Everything well, you do is art. <laughs> you're awesome too, Allison. And um, yeah, so uh, when I was looking through, I, I was just really set aback on you know all the all the episodes that you've done, all the topics that you've covered, and uh, you know, uh even some, you know, way back in the back catalog, like the lucid dreaming episode. That's one of the first ones you did. It was yeah, like number maybe four the, or something like that. As real early on is right after we did like our first episode was actually like making a deal with the devil. Yeah. And, and um, then we followed like lucid dreaming, like maybe two episodes afterward. And, you know, there's so many techniques and, you know, there's dream yoga, which you guys didn't get a chance to get into. Um, you know, that there's a lot in the topic. And um, 
you know, people like is dream me. yoga is dream yoga is where you can work out in your dreams. So you don't have to work out in real life, right? <laughs> well, or is it the opposite? Is it that uh, you can't even get away from working out while you're dreaming? Actually, actually, I, I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with the physical. I think it has to do with um, I- instead of um, you know just just going about your life and thinking that you're going to go on to the afterlife. I think the idea behind dream yoga is you have to prepare yourself for the afterlife. Otherwise, you're going to get lost, like in the TV show Lost. Um, you're going to right. get distracted by you know all these phantasms and not go on to becoming you know a better being. Uh, so that's why you do dream yoga, so that when you die... You're ready for it. Okay, and that's good news because if, if dying is just like dreams, then obviously the afterlife is just going to be a long nightmare where I'm chased by zombies <laughs> and I'm taking tests without pants on. And that sounds I, totally fine. Yeah, yeah that sounds, I, yeah, that sounds, I guess I, there could be worse things to go no, to. No, that sounds horrible. So, <laughs> you know, that's the whole point that, you know, just think of that. What if that's right? What if, you know, most of us, when we die get lost and we we don't go on to bigger and better things and we just get distracted it's a lot like regular mm. life where you're just getting distracted by every other thing right no it it, it well it dream yoga see that's the thing is like we can we can there's way more to get into but you have to kind of get to the lucid dreaming part before you can get to the whole point of the afterlife consists of um being in a play and not knowing all the lines yeah, know, or true. whatever, oh, yeah. or whatever. Well, and I mean, just think of how many dreams you had where it's like, hey, guys, like we have to play a song and you never heard the song before. Maybe that's just my dreams. But I have, <laughs> it happens all the time. Oh, like, man. I had a dream horrible. of that this week. It's like we had to play somewhere and I was like, you're like calling off songs and I'm like, what are you even talking about? It's like the anxiety dream. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so Not being done. prepared. So done with that. Um, right. But yeah, th- but there's people like me who are, you know, ready for the next level, you know, because as you as you talked about in that, that episode way back when, I have a Nova Dreamer dream mask and I've read yeah, the books and, you know, I'm trying so hard to lucid dream and it's just not happening. Um, <sighs> and, and, you know, maybe you could take me to the le- next level, you know, like yeah, talk, talk to cool. a guest that that could you know deal with my particular hang-ups that would be great well i think that's so but so lucid dreaming i just had a lucid dream last week oh what I, yeah no i knew i was dreaming see there you go and and so i'm like i'm in this dream but the thing is like i felt like the other people in the dream they were like people i knew and we were all just hanging out and they're like oh, this is where we just hang out when we dream so it's like, this is just where we go and we just hang out at this place. And we just like, we're all hanging out. Did you call those people the next day to find out if they too were lucid no, dreaming that night? that'd be creepy because it's like, I dreamed about it. I know, you. but if they, <laughs> but. I've been dreaming of you. You're like, no, it's cool. In the dream, you told me that you, this is where you hang out when you dream. So I just wanted to, you I just know, wanted to call you and that. say like, it, I had a really nice time last night and maybe we could meet again in another, like maybe your next nap. Like we could, we could synchronize dream naps. Dream daters. Yeah. Or whatever. Like it's the dream party. It's like everybody go to sleep at the same time. Oh, Saturday night, 7 p.m., we'll meet in dreamland and just all part of we'll hang out. So I was having this dream and I was talking to other people and I felt like everybody else in the dream was lucid dreaming as well. And we were all just talking about things. And I don't remember what we were talking about. It was probably something inconsequential or probably something incredibly stupid and crazy. And um, then I kept trying to wake myself up. I said, no, I'm going to be late because I had to be at the gym at 
for a class. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I kept on looking. I was like, guys, I, I think I, I think I got to, I think I had to leave. So I'm like, I better wake up now. And then I try to wake up and then I would dream that I was waking up and I wasn't. And then I would fall back and I'd go back to the place where everybody was hanging out and be like, guys, I, I tried to wake myself up and I couldn't. And they'd just be like, wow, well, I speak, and they hang out with us some more. And then we just <laughs> hung out some more. And so anyway, <laughs> it's fun. So I'm just saying, I just had a lucid dream last Tuesday. At least you're having them. I'm perpetually frustrated. Like, okay, so there's one one story I have. Well, actually, there's a couple of embarrassing stories related to the Nova Dreamer mask, which is this mask, you know, that I bought, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, um, where uh, it, it has little LEDs. And um, when it senses that you're dreaming, when it senses the rapid eye movement, it flashes these little LEDs as another dream sign for you to... Yeah, for you to realize that you're dreaming. But the other thing right. is... Just so the these- idea is that the, if, you, if you see flashing LEDs in your eyes or a flashing red light, then you know you're dreaming. Because like right, right now, if you, uh, saw a fla- okay. if you saw a flashing red light in your eyes, you'd probably be like, let's get out of here. I'd be like, oh my gosh, we have to call Allison and tell her we had, right. <laughs> I like had a lucid dream. <laughs> we're dreaming, everybody. So the idea is that you get yourself used to seeing these flashing red lights and mm-hmm. you know that you're dreaming. Yeah. Them. Yeah, but the okay, other so thing is just the ritual of wearing the mask is, is supposed to help with that as well. All right, so um. I've had a couple where the mask has actually become part of the dream, and it still doesn't make me lucid. One of them was I, um, I'm at the store, and who do I run into but Winona Ryder, of course. And I'm just oh, like, was she stealing something? No, no. But we were <laughs> She's shopping, a shoplifter. And on the rack was um, the Nova Dreamer mask. And I'm like, hey, I have one of these. And I'm explaining it all to her, how it works and everything like that. She seems ah, like a cool chick. Did not go lucid. Then I had this other one another time where I'm, I'm like at this incredible monastery, like in Tibet or something. You know, one of those with like a thousand stairs leading up right. this impossibly high hillside, you know, in the mountains. And, sure, and when other riders there. Well, no, this is after. This is another dream entirely. So I'm ascending these stairs, and I have I have the mask on my head. Yeah. And, and I'm like, how did I get all the way to Tibet, and I have this stupid mask on? I still, I still did not go lucid. Ah. Well, it sounds like we know what one of Allison's New Year's resolutions is. Is going to try to make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen in 2016. But yes, you know, one of the most favorite episodes was not the lucid dream episode because I think people are not going to the back catalog, which they really should do, and listen to the older episodes because some of those are really amazing. But I agree. one of the, the most favorite episodes has to do or, or had elements of sleep in it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And the documentary, the parent, our 10th most popular episode, I was, about to, I was about to do that transition as well, but thank you, Allison, was um, <laughs> slipping. Yeah. Okay. So it, because, okay, so the Gray Brothers are two uh, Canadian documentarians, and they, they made a movie all about the hag. And the hag is uh, what happens. Some people wake up in the middle of the night and they see uh, someone hovering over their body, <laughs> slipping. Okay, so it, because, okay, so the Gray brothers are two uh, Canadian documentarians and they, they made a movie all about the hag. And the hag is 
uh, what happens is some people wake up in the middle of the night and they see uh, someone hovering over their body. So it can be like me and my experience uh, was of little white creatures all surrounding my bed. And that's who I saw when I woke up. And so one of the Gray brothers had this experience happen to him. It was so terrifying. He had to go around the world. They went around the world to investigate these different cases of people seeing the hag. Now, in the Middle Ages, they think of it as an incubus or a succubus, which is someone coming over you and sucking your sexual energy out and things like that in the middle of the night. And so that they're documenting the paranormal. That That's kind of how they started. They made a movie, and then they uh, ended up getting a whole series based on that. And I watched most of the series. Allison, you saw a lot of it too, didn't you? Yeah, I really, really loved The Nightmare, which was their, their original film about that mm-hmm. phenomena of sleep paralysis or more than that actually people dying in their sleep um as a a side effect of running into the hag you know that maybe the hag is is really there to to suck your life force out of you um that's a scary problem as a lot of southeast a lot when the southeast asians came especially after uh, the vietnam war and you take the Hmong coming um, from, because among the, the Vietnamese hill people took the side of the United States and uh, South Vietnam in the Vietnam War. So when North Vietnam ended up assimilating the entire country, uh, we had to evacuate the Hmong out of, um, out of Vietnam. Otherwise, those guys were going to die. And so they came over. But the thing is, something came with them. <laughs> it, dun, 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 dun. Right. Yeah, isn't that what it's the, the, the Dao Cho? Their version of the old hag that comes on them in the middle of the night, people were actually having heart attacks and dying in the middle of the night. And I mean, when I heard that story, it's just, it's just, you know, what are you going to do with that? I mean, that you're going to have to lose a dream in order to fight the doubt. Really Get ha- out of there, at yeah. least run. Yeah, that that's something that really, really happened. So, I mean, to me, that, that that's one of the most frightening paranormal stories that I've ever heard. So, so to, so to see I, that, I had to set up, I had to set up bouncers at my lucid dream party <laughs> uh, to not to not let the Dao Cho nice, in because nice. it was like, no, you can't get in here because everybody wants to wake up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Th- Having you interview the the Gray Brothers was just incredible for me to hear that because that was one of my favorite. That still is one of my favorite documentaries, the the night nightmare, and it's still you know an open question to me. Uh, you know, are there creatures that that can can come into our dreams? You know, like like Freddy Krueger, but real. Um, you know, that's a frightening prospect, but um, you know we don't have anything to say that it can't happen. Well, you know, it if whether they're creatures or whether it's just your imagination and something inside you that uh, sets your imagination off and affects your own, you know, physiology so much, I don't think it matters. You know, something if something's working against you supernaturally, or if you just are fantasizing that yourself, I do think there's real experiences they've had because I've had the hypnagogic experience, and I realized they weren't all little white aliens surrounding me. I was not on the cover of communion. I had just read the book, you know, so I understood that. And I got after about 10 seconds of going like, that's it. They're here. It's, yeah. it's over. I'm gone. They're taking me up in the spaceship and I'm going to be like 
whatever. They're going to make me pregnant, like the hybrids and stuff like that. They're going to get me. And, uh, and then I realized, like, hold on a second. This isn't real. Well, what if you didn't have that feeling of this isn't real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you might be dead. So I think we can, I'd like to explore more night terrors, maybe interview some more people that have had that happen. Uh, and I think that'd be a fun thing um, to explore because the power of the mind leads us to our, our ninth most popular episode, Ooh. false memories, how oh, people yeah. make up stories or not necessarily make it up, but they remember being abducted by aliens. They remember being abused by Satanists, right. you know? And, and how our mind will make up a memory to fit a narrative. And, and so learning that, when you, when you come from the idea that, well, if I remember it, it must have happened. You know, I'm, I'm sure we remember a lot of shows as great, Wendy, because we had a lot of fun. <laughs> that other people who were there at the show were like, oh, yeah. What? That was, yeah, you guys didn't even, weren't even in tune. <laughs> but we're just like, oh man, we were so good that night. We yeah, just had the I crowd. Mean, it was so great. It was that, so great. The idea that you could deceive yourself like that is just, you know, so scary. Well, it's not only scary, it's also uh, when you think about what happens with testimony in court. Yeah, exactly. It's it's So what what could be happening? Um, where people are like, well, yeah, I totally believe that person because he told me what he saw. But that person is remembering something that never yeah. happened. And I just, I think the false memories, and we're definitely going to have to talk more about that because we have to talk about the satanic panic of the 1980s. Right. We, we never got back to that. Um, the uh, false memories thing. Recently, I was watching that show on PBS, The Brain. The Brain, yes. I don't know if you ever watched that one, but um, it's excellent. No, my zombie friends love it. Well, to them, it's like a to them, it's like a show oh on the Food Network. Oh my gosh! Stop! Hey, now, all right, stop it! I Thank don't have you. the drum set. I can't do Thank the rim you'll shots. Thank you. Be here all of 2016. Oh. Othersidepodcast.com. Find me there. See what I deal with. <laughs> Go ahead, come on. <laughs> the brain. They they were talking about the false memories, and that's the same study that we addressed in that uh, episode 55 mm-hmm. of See You on the Other Side. Yes, where. You know, they did a poll on people where they told a story first about getting lost in a mall or right. something like that. So that whole test and that whole study is in that PBS documentary. So I recommend checking right. it out. Check out, check out the brain. the brain. And that's where you can find more uh, on that. But and the false memories it does have a thing because it, it makes you question everything you think you know. And, all the pe- and especially in the world of the paranormal. Because... We talk to people about stuff, and I mean, especially me, I've done how many interviews with, with people that um, are telling me stories that are, they seem to be a touch questionable, how do you, perhaps. How do you, how do you prove it? Yeah, you know, exactly. that kind of thing. It's like, I right. think- It's and, hearsay. It's just, there's no tangible evidence. Right. But do you think you, they believe it? And I think these false uh-huh. memories make, make me think that they believe it even more. Yeah. I could see that. Really believe in it. So- uh, okay, well that that's a fun episode, and I definitely think satanic panic and ritual abuse is something we want to talk about in 2016, and things we can we can explore because mm-hmm. there's if there's one thing we love exploring on this show, it's Satanism. <laughs> well, we, let's come back to our good buddy devil.
<laughs> um, yeah, and, and it's weird. I mean, it, because I, you know, I think it's a Catholic upbringing, Mike. You know, don't don't you think that's what it is? No, I think it's the Puritan in me, because nobody <laughs> nobody was fascinated with the devil like the Puritans. Oh, oh they that's just true. loved him. Well, they didn't love him, but they just always talk about. They him. love to obsess over him. They lo- yeah. love to. They love to hate him. Right, and and I think we still have a lot of that puritanical spirit in the United States. Like we talk, we yeah. talk about that, and definitely, I mean, we definitely have it more here than they have in even England, uh, where John Calvin yeah. was from. And so, um, right, with the the radical right, very much obsessed right. with Satan, I would think. And and so, well, speaking of okay obsessed with things our our eighth most popular episode silver screen saucers an interview with robbie graham uh speaking of the englishmen Eng- speaking of englishmen silver screen saucers robbie graham and silver screen saucers cheerio good lad go on and be a <laughs> kip up i have a cup of tea indeed right. oh, spot of sugar Okay, we could. So I could do horrible. Th- I know I could do that all day. Oh, just like my hello, gosh, hello, <laughs> said hello. I know. It's just I wish these guys wouldn't have such fun accents. We want to. We want to screw around I, with I it. I do love the accent. It's great. But no, Robbie did a ton of research. Fascinating guy and a really good book. And my favorite point about this particular episode was we were talking about uh, Area Fifty One, and so the nineteen nineties when I was coming of age as it were. I mean, Area 51 really was in the consciousness of the mainstream. And, and and just wouldn't even, you're like, oh yeah, they're hiding something there. Like everybody thought they were hiding something there. And, right, well, I mean, I wonder yeah. why. <laughs> but, the, but the idea that it was the government that brought in this guy named Bob Lazar and they were showing him, and they showed him uh, different alien technology, quote unquote alien technology on purpose, knowing that he would run for it knowing that he would go to the media, knowing that he would spread these rumors that the United States was reverse engineering alien technology, and that would give us an advantage in the Cold War. Um, and that the Soviets were like, we best not screw with the United States because they have a death ray. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, to me, that idea was <laughs> it, it, it was fascinating. Yeah, that was a really neat concept to. And that we were doing discuss. it a mis, you know, di, a, a campaign of disinformation for the entire Cold War, thinking that we we were thinking as alien conspiracists, <laughs> we were thinking that oh my God, this guy got away with all this information from the U.S. government. He's going to be killed. This Area Fifty One stuff's for real. And okay, they wanted him to get away. Right. They wanted him to. That really changes the game, doesn't it? It certainly does, and it makes me think: What are the things happening today? Yeah, that we are currently that we believe that we are currently being lied to about. Like, what do you guys think? Oh man, there's got to be Osama bin Laden. The death of Osama bin Laden. Oh my! Come on, come on! Like it just was too easy. It just was too easy. I think that... I think it was a hoax? No, I think he was killed. I, but I think we either killed him before... Oh, Or we killed him in a completely different way than uh, what's like described. one moment. Yes. Then, huh. I mean, I, th- I think it's a completely different... Thing. Like, why... You know, they said, oh, yeah, they just, they just threw the body over the huh. side in the ocean. Um, I think 
it creates a certain kind of narrative that the United States can find you wherever you are in the world, even if you're inside uh, Pakistan with so many... So much protection around you. Right. Like layers upon layers of protection. We'll find you. Now, I think Osama bin Laden's probably dead. I don't think it matters if he's dead, but I think he's probably dead. Yeah. But I do not think it happened with the narrative that the government told us. That when Obama came up and he said, like, here's how we did it. We killed Osama bin Laden. Let me tell you all about it. And That's then just go, and that we see in Zero Dark Thirty or we see in the yeah. movies. I feel like there's some kind of fictionalized narrative. And when I read about uh, Seymour Hirsch, Seymour Hirsch is an investigative journalist that, I mean, he blew open a lot of things. Um, he's got serious questions about the, the narrative. And he doesn't, he thinks that Osama bin Laden's dead, but that also we probably had assistance from Pakistan mm. and that uh, it didn't happen according to the narrative. But it certainly fits the bill that if we can kill the most powerful terrorist in the world, then we'll, don't mess with us. Yeah, we'll kill you wherever you stand. And then that's that's a prevailing kind of thing. And so, they I mean they made an like an Oscar nominated movie about the the killing of Osama bin Laden. And so we just kind of buy that narrative. And I'm not saying it's whether it's true or not yeah. true. I'm just saying is that this is the narrative we are fed, just like and and it serves. It serves some kind of political purpose, just yeah, like and it definitely does. Area Fifty One and Bob Lazar served some kind of political purpose. Yeah, and you know what you were mentioning about the death of Osama bin Laden and other things like um, uh, WMDs. You know, we don't have video evidence; we just have what people tell us. You know, and the video evidence of certain things right. is conspicuously absent. And and that's the whole thing. So if people have these opinions, and, and you see it on Facebook all the time, everybody's got an opinion about something and hating on somebody else or letting everybody know what they think. And um, What? No, not in my feed. Yeah, no, not in my feed. There's never <laughs> any political stuff in my feed. No, but, but everybody has an opinion on something, but they're basing on the opinion on a narrative that is given to them by the media, by the government, by by a whole bunch of sources that have ulterior motives. Just saying, silver screen saucers really taught me that we should be questioning when we get our information, um, what's their, what do they have to gain by feeding us this information? Yeah, what's their angle? Let's be discerning about what we believe and that just take what the government says as gospel, as, as the God's honest truth. We really don't know. We really don't know because we're not. We're not um, in that room, you know, with with the uh, people who who know the truth. We're we're just the um, the peasants, really. Yeah, absolutely. And we got to take what they give us and, and hope they're telling us the truth. Well, think about the media. Think about the media this election cycle. In this particular election cycle, we are hearing about every time Donald Trump goes to the bathroom. You know, it's like Donald Trump goes to, he combs his hair, you know, like, you know, oh my God, you know, right. he finds something, they report on the offensive thing or whatever he says, and then everybody jumps on it. They put it in their feet. Like, it's like social media is now leading the news because the news, the right. news wants to give us things that will be clicked and shared. And the more outrageous yeah. they can make the headline, they're going to, and it's, it's, it's yellow journalism all over again. And if we talk about yellow journalism really from the late 19th century, and it was the newspapers that took us into the Spanish American war and, uh, had us the whole invasion of Cuba and things like that. Okay. I think social media is great. 
I think all this news on the internet is great. Yeah. But just remember the last time we had this kind of journalism, a lot of people died in the Spanish-American War, mostly on the Spanish side. So we're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But it still is a lot of people died in whatever situation. So let's just keep that in mind. Every time you put something on Facebook that's inflammatory about something political, some, somebody right. at CNN wanted you, to, wanted you to share that. Right. And this puts us back to the whole dream yoga thing where we started our discussion. Like, you know, what are so? we being distracted by? Well, well, talking about this distractions, like clearing your mind from distractions and other, other people's agency mm. upon you. You know, that, that's what we need to do, clarify our minds. Otherwise, you run into these situations where you're, you're led by your nose and into things that, you know, aren't good for you. And right, you're letting somebody else pick the conversations and the narrative of your life. And if you're going to let anybody do that, make sure it's a See You on the Other Side podcast and you talk about the things that there we you want go. you to talk about. And, and very nice, you guys. know, what's a very nice way to clear your mind wouldn't that Design. be would that be our uh, our seventh most popular episode? Haunted Hawaii. Whoa. Oh, did, oh yeah. Did you feel your mind very clear in that beautiful island, Allison? <sighs> I did. I did. I was so so thankful to be able to visit there. And um, just to find, you know, so many unusual stories and and really like so many topics on see you on the other side. You know, I feel like we just just brush the surface. I, I don't feel like, you know, we got to the depth of it. There's so much more in the Hawaiian Islands. And we're always talking about spending some quality right. time obviously, to really get down. Obviously, we, need, we have to go in and we should probably go immediately, yeah. like right now. Well, I believe, in the, I believe in the new year. In the new year, we're going to find ways for our listeners to be able to help support our adventures on See You on the Other Side. There you go. And so if we can oh, find some help in supporting the adventure out to the Hawaiian Islands. I like that. Yes. Yeah, so we can get to the bottom of these mysteries. We would like to do more on location uh, in 2016. And we can start <laughs> with uh, a follow-up episode of Haunted Hawaii and do the haunted travelogue of a very <laughs> Yes, let's place. start like in the middle of winter. Yeah. Perhaps. I'd say February would be a good time oh, if you're looking yeah, to donate. Yeah. Nice. Um, that would be an excellent time. Uh, okay. Hawaii, beautiful place. We're definitely going to have to have your man, Lopaka, from the Ghost Tours of Hawaii. What was the Ghost Tours called? Absolutely. Like... Uh, Mysteries of Hawaii. Mysteries of Hawaii. Lopaka Kapanui. <laughs> right. He's a great guy. Yeah. And a wealth of information. And and yeah, in February when we're all all willing, you know, when we're all ready to just like freak out because of cabin fever, you know, we should totally like connect we'll, with we'll him go to, so that we we'll can go to Hawaii and we'll have a little podcast. Ah, like that. Okay. All right. So, our sixth most popular episode out of body experiences. Okay. So, we're talking about leaving your body. Luis Monero was the guy uh, who was an experienced out of body experience. Allow, allow myself to introduce myself. No, he is he is an out of he is an OBE teacher. So he that's right. So he would teach people to have out of body experiences. And you know what I haven't tried yet was the meditation thing, where um, 
you you try to vibrate your soul <laughs> and it's in that vibration of the soul where all of a sudden right you'll you'll pop out and he really talked he got specific about that technique and everything for trying that which was very cool about that episode and we got lots of good feedback on that from people who right enjoyed who, who tried it out they left their bodies and they vibrated they, they came to visit me at my lucid dreaming party <laughs> And I'm I'm uh, wondering about that. It's like I try, you know, that thing where he says to, you know, focus on the energy in your head and then bring it down to your feet. Yeah. And there's something called like foot tapping or toe tapping, which is like a similar exercise, which I'm I'm gonna, you know, see if if I can invest some time in that because I really really want to get that energy going because basically I'm dead inside Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've Come had an uh, you've had an out of body experience, Allison. <laughs> Well, yeah, but it was like years ago. Well, and, if they um, could happen all the time, then you'd yeah. be the one teaching it. Well, and that's what I wonder about, because so, some people say that it does happen all the time. You just don't remember it, like that you're oh, coming sure. out of your body every night. It's possible. Oh, there's and a lot I of wonder, things I don't remember. You know, I wonder what Lewis would say about that. Um, and the other thing that I was wondering about is um, what about... Um, experiences with other people i wanted to hear more about that you know like can we do experiments are we at that level where we can do experiments where um you can meet with other people and you know actually uh, maybe observe things that are going on in the environment and um you know get some proof i would love to you know it's um in ob or in a near-death experience it's called veridical veridical experiences where you know you see something really going on in the environment and and then you're able to confirm that that you were there well, didn't they have don't they have the whole you were at the experiment idea with the other out-of-body experiences there's something sitting on a shelf out of your sight and so oh, you try yeah. to float so up to the ceiling, see the thing, come back down and be like, oh, yeah, it's totally like a Chewbacca action figure you put nice. on the shelf. It's super sweet. Okay. You're still stuck well, on the action figures, huh? I am stuck you, on the I, action figures. You sell any more of those? <laughs> can't, I can't sell any of them. Oh, I, Allison, I've been trying to sell Star Wars action figures for Mother, and she had one actual <laughs> Empire Strikes Back Yoda in the box. Or in the right. package, untouched, that I thought we could get a couple hundred bucks for. But my eBay foo was not very strong. <laughs> and so I wasn't able to sell it this time around. Yeah, I, I have heard about it. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we got to find a buyer right. for Right, so if you guys want um, any vintage yeah, Star Wars like action figures, just send us an email, info at othersidepodcast.com. <laughs> well, I'll hook you up with us. Star Wars action figures, but but yeah, I'm I'm wondering, you know, could we prove out of body experiences? You know, that w- that would just be amazing. Sure yeah, if we and, could prove you know, out of body experiences, if, maybe some more people would listen to the podcast. Hey, yeah. And you were talking about there there was an experiment. I don't know if it's still going on. It was um in like an emergency room where uh, there's um there a researcher put uh, like an LED display. Um, and it would show certain numbers, and it was only in a place you could see oh, yeah. if you were floating on the ceiling. Now, that was one, like, emergency room in one hospital somewhere, and, you know, I don't know, the, the, you know, we kind of need an update on that. You know, is that still going on? 
Has has anybody reportedly seen it? I I think you know they weren't getting the amount of reports that they expected. They weren't getting any reports, but you know then again, um, I don't know. But uh, the idea about you know that if there are, there are fewer reports than you think is that people float up to the ceiling and you know they're not focused on oh my gosh there's an LED right. strip they've on got the other side. things on the like, honestly though if I was yeah they're the ceiling, like I'm out of my body. There, there's there, there's me lying on the bed. What's going right. on? Oh my gosh, a vortex open. Right, like you, you, you know, you'd think you'd be like, of... oh, whoa, I'm going. This is actually happening. All right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I would look for the LED strip. That's what you think, but you don't know. You would. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe I just poop my, oh. I poop my actual body. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I'd be terrified, and then like the doctors would be like, oh God, just let him die. <laughs> well. So, I mean, there's a lot of un- other un- unanswered questions about OBEs, and I, I want it to have one. I want it to happen, Mike. Let's make it happen in 2016. Okay, 2016, along, we're going to have oh, a resolution. Yeah. We're going to have an OBE follow-up, and we're, maybe we'll do an experimental episode where we Whoa. actually all do the thing. The thing is, we have to. In, we have, it's like the movie Flatliners. We're gonna try we to have to high. have a near-death experience. <laughs> God. So we have no, to induce your death experience. Go there. You beat me to the flatliner joke. But um, the other thing is um, people who, you know, I'd like to ask an expert about this. People who can come out of their body, you know, at regular intervals, you know, some people you know, just who can do that, say that they can pull you out of your body. Like they can help you. And is that a thing? Like, you know, could we find somebody that, that can do um, out-of-body experiences who could come to my house and pull me out? Because it's just not happening otherwise. Okay. All right. So let's, we, if you can yank us out of our bodies, we would like you on the episode. So we're going to do, do OBE version two in 2016. <laughs> so if you are a person who can just leave your body willy-nilly, then we need you on the episode. Yeah, and I invite you to just pull me out pretty much anytime. anytime. Yeah, please. I'm okay Mostly, with that. except when I except when I'm driving, that would not be good. But you know, when I'm sleeping, it's that's would be perfect. Good. So uh, our fifth most downloaded episode was uh, our interview with Linda Godfrey, American Monsters. Ah, yes. And uh, Wendy and I actually went. And, uh, now Linda is the woman that brought us the Beast of Bray Road, which is the werewolf in Wisconsin. Uh, Wendy and I actually went to Bray Road to visit it. It was uh, scary. Yeah, at about 10 p.m. on a Friday night. And it was it was pretty deserted in the summertime. Pretty scary. Um, we didn't see the red eyes, but you could see like when the cars, when there was a car driving far away, you could see like two, like it's brake lights. Looked like two red eyes <laughs> in the distance. But for you to not recognize the fact that it's a car right you'd be, be like "Ooh, it's a monster i mean i that, think i that's doubt totally that's totally not a car man right. it's, it's a monster now there were i think that's a stretch i do too there were many just saying uh very frightening sounds like didn't we hear yeah. some cows mooing or something? yeah but not just the cows mooing like there was like a bird that was screaming oh yeah like it sounded like a, it sounded like somebody slapping a baby it really was a crazy sound yeah, it was really scary and, and it was dark. I mean, it was very, very, very dark. Oh, yeah. It was like, super, like, you couldn't see anything except for the red eye car lights in the distance. <laughs> and the I'm, beast eyes. And I can, I can tell you, one of the, the, I think the scariest sound I ever heard in my life. Well, no, the scariest sound was when our guitar player, Ben, when he broke, when he up. Remember, we were rehearsing. And so Ben is, is working on this part. 
and he tries to do like a jump kick or something. Because like, that's what we do at rehearsal. You know, you got to make you sure gotta, you have the moves down. You got to work out your moves. Right. And so he's working on a move. He like kicks too high and dislocates his knee. Oh, gosh. <gasps> and so he's on oh. the he's on the floor and the guitar is still reverberating. So I thought he was still playing and just like he's just playing on the floor like he's being, being silly, being a showboat. Yeah. And when the music kind of died down, when the guitar eventually stopped reverberating, the music died down, his screams were blood curdling. Yeah, I will, I will definitely agree with you Just on that. A, oh, my God. Call 911. Call 911. Right. It was horrible. It was horror movie screams. Yes. And that was absolutely terrible. So that's probably the scariest screaming I ever heard in my life. The second scariest was when I heard an owl kill a rabbit when I was young. <gasps> yes, I heard that as well. We used to have foxes in our okay. backyard, and, and same thing. We'd hear the rabbit, the screaming rabbit. Sound. Yeah, oh. screaming rabbits sound like yeah. a child being murdered. It, I, well, how do you know what a child being murdered sounds Shh. like? Keep that between us. <laughs> no, no, it's so horrible. It's, it, sounds like, it sounds like a little it, human voice. It sounds voice. like a human, right. <laughs> it sounds like a little human it voice. It does. And but it sounds like a little human voice going, <laughs> like, yeah. So, I, and so that's it, not a human voice going, hey, what's up? Like, right, what's up going? It's like, oh my God, this owl is killing me. It, no, no, it doesn't sound like that either, because if rabbits could talk, uh, this day would be messed up. So, the thing is, is that um, Bray Road is pretty scary, and scary things happen in southeastern Wisconsin. They do, they do indeed. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind following up. I wouldn't mind like staying overnight on Bray Road. Like it's a kind of on location thing. Like set up a little. Uh, oh, I'm in. Ooh, okay, camp. I, I would camping love trip. that. Yeah, a little camping trip. Yeah. Because you know, Linda talks about different things she's seen in the Kettle Moraine. Yeah. You know, and she talks about being able to uh, knocking on the tree like a stick against the tree and like something. Re- yeah, tree knocking. And some oh, tree knocking. Explain to it's us tree knocking. No, it's, it's a, a thing. thing. She's like, oh yeah, it's a thing. oh yeah, Duh. you know what? tree knocking, jackass. I was climbing like, Bigfoot. Yeah, it's a thing where you knock on the tree and then you see if if, if the tree knocks back. Responses. Yeah, if somebody knocks yeah. back, it's Bigfoot. But knocks. I wonder, you know. How many Bigfooters there are actually out there? How many investigators, I mean, that, you know, maybe they're knocking. Yeah, they're knocking each other. Oh, I bet. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, bet funny. I bet that's happening. That's kind yeah. of. A- yeah. Because, you know, you think if you have your own TV show, um, you know, how many people are going out and trying that on a daily basis? Probably a lot. Statistically speaking, but, it's quite but, likely that they're, they're it's, just it's knocking a, to each other. A bunch of Bigfooters. <laughs> so we should do that. We, should, we need to go out tree knocking in the Kettle Moraine yes. and stay overnight on Bray Road and see if the beast comes to visit. Yeah. I oh, gosh. And, it's uh, going to be like we were in high school again, like yeah. out in the middle of the night getting <laughs> ourselves into trouble. That's the whole, that's the whole point. So that's something we'll have to do. Uh, and, you know, maybe talk to Linda about the most recent reports to, you know, find yeah, that's a great idea. Well, I, I thought the most interesting part of the conversation with Linda Godfrey was the fact that she's like, oh, yeah, bipedal canines. And then looking it up and realizing that there are a whole lot of instances right. of dogs walking on two legs. Which means like really? not just to, as a trick, as like a party trick. Yeah, but they'll actually like dogs will some some dogs will just every once in a while walk on two legs. They're like. Hey, look at me all proper walking right. around. Well, that just leads me to believe <laughs> that uh, when people used to take the pictures of dogs playing poker, that they were actually <laughs> like, it was like they took it from a real life photograph. 
You know, because how else? I mean, how else do ah. they walk? How else do they sit on that chair and hold the cards? How, right. And how are they smoking a cigar unless they're walking on two legs? So that's actually evidence of a paranormal phenomena, you think, that dogs are just like, they're watching us. And when they see that we look away, they stand up, they sit down uh, at a table, deal some cards, smoke a cigar. This <laughs> yeah. is what they're doing I just, now. Right. They're just like, okay, they're not around. Okay. And then they just <laughs> jump in and they're like, what are you playing? Touch just hold on. <laughs> Shake your head whenever you're doing well, the dog you know, talk. I think with a dog talk, you just think about how dogs would talk. And we're like, well, what's going on? Okay, maybe not. Um, <laughs> all right. What's going on so, so the bipedal canine is interesting. We'll yes. definitely have Linda Godfrey on again because she has a wealth of paranormal information and she knows all about those yes. American monsters. She does. And speaking sure. of speaking of monsters, yes. speaking of America, uh, the fourth most downloaded podcast of 2015 was my trip to Hollywood, haunted trip to Hollywood Boulevard. That's right. That was the what? Well, actually, that was our first. Travelogue episode. It was. it was. So you kicked it off. And that's well. where all the monsters uh, hang out. That's except true. Except the ones in southeastern Wisconsin. Right. No, right. I, I've yes. seen like Spider-Man and uh, Darth. Yeah. I've seen Darth Vader on Highway Boulevard. Right. The Hulk. Yeah, that's right. right. The Hulk's there. I, always an Iron I guess, Man. Okay, sorry. I guess Spider-Man isn't really a monster, but last time I was there, there was uh, Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction was the good one. Um, that was my personal favorite is people taking pictures with the whoever mascots so, with the mascots on Hollywood Boulevard. They have that in Times Square too. People just dress like and in Las Vegas on the strip. It's it's like oh yeah, every major city has a bunch of sad looking mascots who just standing around. walk out and they try to get a picture taken yeah. with people for a buck or something like that. And it always feels to me like okay, you're taking a, you're taking your picture with somebody that's not the real celebrity. Like when you put that picture on Facebook. Everybody's gonna know it's not really Samuel L. Jackson because he doesn't just walk around with his wig from Pulp Fiction right on Hollywood like Boulevard too. It's like you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm walk down Hollywood Boulevard. I'm gonna stand in the most populated tourist area. Remember when I had that sweet Jerry curl twenty years ago? I'm gonna do it again. I can't imagine Samuel L. Jackson doing that. Um, anyway, how anybody wants to make their money to each their own. I think it's absolutely fine. But the ghosts of Hollywood Boulevard, I just. I enjoyed some of the broken dreams because it made me feel like, oh, yeah, I've got those, too. <laughs> You're not alone, Mike. <laughs> I enjoyed the ghost stories about broken dreams. Like, this place is haunted by the actress really that, that just went to failed audition after failed audition. Oh. Or here's, here's oh. Montgomery Clift where, you know... Um, Oh yeah. He uh you know here's where he would paste back and forth and worked on a you know worked on a script and stuff like that and he led a tortured in the closet kind of 1950s lifestyle. Um that's sad. Right. I'm not saying I actually like those stories cuz right. they make me feel better about myself. And then I have some kind of Schadenfreude about dead celebrities. But No, but maybe it makes you appreciate what you have. Yes, it does. You know, that's not there the same as Schadenfreude. The optimist Allison. Yeah, it just makes there we yeah, go. Yeah, it just makes you thankful that, that what you have to deal with isn't as hard as maybe what people had to deal with in the past. Right? I, I agree with that. Like the kids in the past that got beaten by... <laughs> yeah, like but, that beat... Right, by the different of the Christmas monsters. Yeah. And, you know... Oh, yeah, I love that episode last yeah, week. Yeah, because I just love the fact that there's just so many kinds of different characters and mythology. And they <laughs> all want to beat up kids. <laughs> right, they're just, like, what, what's yeah. your, what do you love? Beating up kids. 
Come on, man. <laughs> Whoa. Come in, come into my house and meet my kids. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you you know the the thing that about it is is it really really made me see Christmas differently as you know the Christmas celebration is kind of like a practice judgment day. Oh, that's you know, a good way to put it. It's really I've never seen it that way before. Like if you're a good little kid, uh, you, yeah, you're you know, right. You'll get these you'll get this um rewards you know these these splendid rewards it's of like, eternity right. if you're a bad little kid <laughs> you're gonna pay using terms that a kid understands and that are more realistic to a kid you know right you get candy if you're good and if you're bad Frau Pecta will come slit open your belly and fill it full oh of <laughs> right. I'm sorry I got I got us off track okay. on the monsters thing but well speaking of the optimism uh, Appreciate what we have yes. now. Exactly. Right? Appreciate what you have now, and you know. Appreciate what you have watch now. Watch out for Judgment Day. Because, <laughs> and watch out for the Smiley Face Killers, which is our third most downloaded episode. Oh. And the Smiley Face Killer. I mean, just appreciate the fact that we're not at the bottom of the Mississippi River right Goodness. now. Goodness. And I, 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 I particularly appreciate the Smiley Face Killers episode because I use a lot of the information that we learned in that episode in our Minneapolis Ghost Walk. Really? Yeah, because on the Minneapolis Ghost Walk, we actually go on the path and on the bridge where one of uh, the, um. the victims of the quote-unquote smiley face killer, uh, where he was last seen. Wow. So you, you, kinda, you, you can talk about the, the supernatural mm-hmm. aspect of that. And, and, then, and I really enjoyed that episode because it wasn't the idea that it was a mass murderer or mass murdering group of course it. right and it wasn't the idea that these kids were just drunkards who fell off a bridge which <clears throat> i don't know how you would fall off the hennepin avenue bridge in minneapolis i've ran across it maybe 60 to 70 times wow. i've walked across it a, you know a lot of times and you're not just going to go over the side I yeah mean, and we were talking before about like what are our blind spots you know like in history we can look at you know we're like why didn't people know about that you know why did why were they okay with this and you know right. how were how they so snowed not to not to see what was right in front of their face and and this is one of our possible blind spots the the whole idea that oh yeah all these kids are just falling into the river i mean that just doesn't seem you know because yeah. because that's not a thing is it like you know, men yeah. like they they get loaded and then they just go looking for water. I mean, no. it it just seems weird. It does. Yes. And I mean, what I liked about that episode was that they really didn't close their minds to any possibility mm-hmm. at all. I mean, they left their minds so open. They were exploring things that people had never even considered. Right. Which obviously the paranormal aspect of it, you know, is com- coming into play there. So that I just thought was really cool to see people not just, you know, taking the typical roads of investigation, but actually just saying, okay, let's just rule nothing out, right. <laughs> including very strange. Well, the idea that places might be cursed. You know, one of the things we didn't bring up in the episode, but I, I thought of recently um, was, so, I mean, one of the, one of the kids in the, sm- in the Smiley Face Killers, he, he went in in Minneapolis but um, most everybody else was lacrosse. Okay, why lacrosse? Well, do you guys ever read or see It by Stephen King? Unfortunately. Okay, right. So It. Nightmare fodder. Right, completely nightmare <laughs> fodder. But the idea of, in, in Derry, Maine, every 30 or so years that this creature wakes up and starts taking people, starts murdering people, mm-hmm. 
it's just kind of the place is cursed. Something lives underneath it that gets hungry. And when you you talk about lacrosse, I mean, it's a pretty area, but also it's a poor area. It's a tough. I mean, is the place cursed? Yeah. You know, is there some kind of thing? Does it have to be a water spirit? Does it have to be? Can it be some kind of energy? Ah. Can it be some kind of energy in there? Yeah, in the town itself. Interesting. That it can can it could have stuck around from some kind of horrible thing that happened there, you know? Uh, I'm just saying they're fair questions to ask. They are fair questions to ask. If it is some kind of negative energy surrounding the place, yeah. um, is that is that something we can even do anything? Can you turn that around? Right. Or how do you avoid it? You right. know, I mean, aside from and not drinking, right? Not drinking way too much and then walking over the bridge. Which is a huge bridge, and I've walked across that yeah. bridge too. And I was like, "How do you? You'd have to want to fall. You have yeah. to want yeah. to go in the water. Right. So are these kids just suicidal? You know? Well, yeah. It's... That's a, that's the thing. Are they just suicidal? They just drink too much, and they're like, you know what? I'm not having it. This is. But it. we didn't get that impression from talking to those investigators. I don't think so. I don't think so. But it just it really made me think like, yeah. okay, water spirits. Now you might be. And now we're stretching things mm-hmm. as far as things that I believe. But but negative energy, like. Do I believe a place and a people can have a ton of negative energy surrounding them and that contributes to poverty and death and all those things? Yeah, I believe that. And I lived in the cross for two years and I felt it. Well, and, and the thing is the, the power of water to hold energies or at least, you know, it's fabled to be able to hold like spiritual energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there, if there is negativity in the place, Maybe it gets concentrated in the water and that's somehow reflected out to passersby. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what to make of that cluster of deaths. I mean, it, it's really, really something that, that is a mystery. Yeah. Um, because there's just too many um, in, in that one area. And, and it's just peculiar, you know, just to think that people are so drunk that, you know, they're going down to the water. I mean, what's, what's the point of that? And, and you know, the thing in is... In Madison, that would happen every weekend. Right. Yeah. We have a yeah. lot of water here. Okay. So, and that is oh, the, a lot of what we talked. Right. right? I, We're right. surrounded by lakes. And when you go right. downtown, it's, yeah. And so. it, it We're surrounded by lakes and Madison. drunks. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of what we talked about, and that was a lot of what they researched, yeah. too. Yeah. Was, you know, they looked at similar cities that have a lot of water, have a college you know, population, and have bars within close proximity yeah. to the water. So, And I'm, I'm sure we're going to be doing more with Jay Pachochin and Wisconsin uh, WPI. He hunts the truth. You know we're going to be doing oh, more yeah. with, with Jay in the future. He's fantastic. Yeah. And he's got an uh, open invitation uh, to me to go Bigfoot hunting. So I'm hoping that... Um, We'll arrange that for cool. uh, in the winter. And you've sometime. you got your conceal you got your conceal carry, so you're all set, right? <laughs> oh, don't kill Bigfoot! What? Jeez. No, I love Bigfoot. <laughs> we need. I don't. You know, Bigfoot. I'm sure is great, but we need proof. Well, I need I, we, you to bring back but, Bigfoot. Wait, but but we got proof. You guys have a picture of you and we Allison. Do. A really cute picture. Oh, that's right. You should put with that with Bigfoot, which is which is an appropriate. Definitely. Well, speaking of. Segway. Speaking of Bigfoot pictures, and Allison, you had emailed or te- texted Wendy and I before saying that your favorite song that we worked on this year, because every every episode yeah. comes with a Sunspot song, original music, <laughs> that we bleed over for That's your right. listening pleasure every week, people. 
is uh, the Bigfoot polka from the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. This oh, year. My favorite yeah. I, I, lo- I love that song. And I mean, <sighs> as I said, you know, there's so many favorites I have because everything you do is art. But, is, you know, that one beautiful. just captured, the, captured, you know, the spirit of the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference because you've got something paranormal and you've got polka and they're all mashed in there together. Yes, it and, does. And that event was so fun. That was the first paranormal conference I've ever been to. Me too. Me and too. the fact that we all had our table together and we had Lisa there and it was um, just a blast. So we did have nice times at the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. And, and we'll have T. Krulos, who is our guest for uh, Real Life Superheroes, the episode on Real Life Superheroes. He wrote a book, um, a great book on that. And uh, we will obviously. He's the organizer of the. Milwaukee Paranormal. We will be we will be working with T to have an even bigger presence at the Ooh. Milwaukee Paranormal Conference. Yeah, in he's got a lot of fun things planned for um, 2016. So I'm yes. really looking forward to that. Um, I'm working on uh, my second volume of Milwaukee Fordiana. There were a lot of strange stories that uh, I talked about last time. had a, had a great slideshow and you yeah, know it just makes heard. me love. Haven't you heard about all these new Milwaukee exorcisms? Like what's happening? Okay, well, volume two. Well, you got to love Milwaukee um, for some reason. Yeah, nice. I, I'm just, um, I'm just startled by everything I'm finding about local exorcisms in in our very own community. It's all about and, the pulley uh, sausage. What was that? It's all about the pulley sausage. <laughs> oh yeah. That's how well, the demons get into your aorta. Oh my God. <laughs> well, that, that, that probably accounts for some of these sulfurous smells that have been reported. Oh, but, no. but maybe not the, not the screaming. You know, one uh, exorcism that uh, I'm um, working on finding more information about was a woman who um, screamed like for months every night. And, you know, the neighbors were so freaked out about it that they called police and eventually she was referred to an exorcist who um, I'm researching right now. And this exorcist. Oh, very good. In his career. Well, that would be interesting to learn about. Yeah, he um, was or- ordained in Milwaukee. He was actually operated out of, um, he operated out of Appleton. Um, but he was ordained here in Milwaukee. And he claimed over. Um, it's a hotbed his- of Satanism in Appleton. What was that? It's a hotbed of Satanism in Appleton. Yeah, apparently. So <laughs> over his his career, he claimed to have um, exercised 22 people. And um, many of the exorcisms happened in Milwaukee. Uh, one of them happened at, at St. Joseph's Hospital. So really, there's some surprising information um, that I had no idea about. So, you know, you okay. know who I would like to talk to... Um, I'd like to talk to um, an exorcist and and get some and really you know get some uh, insight maybe into these cases. Compare compare uh, modern day exorcisms with uh, the exorcisms that I'm finding more information about from um, the 1900s and 1800s. Okay, and, and uh, that's that's the guy from the Indiana Demon House. Oh yeah, we should talk to him, uh, Father Magnow. Yes. Yeah. That would be great. Because he's actually had to perform an exorcism. Yeah. And so he's probably the only priest you'd find that you could probably like just look up that you know has actually performed an exorcism. 
Yeah, I mean, he would be so, a great guy to talk uh, to. We and, should look at him. Know. India episode 2016. We'll do more on the Indiana Demon. Man, house. we got a lot of a lot of to dos, and we're definitely going to be spending more time on the exciting paranormal stuff of Milwaukee. As, and we'll, especially when we get closer to the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, yes. because we really had a wonderful time last year, and we can't wait. Can't wait to get all those Brewtown weirdos in one room again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what's our most, that was our second most popular episode. Okay, are we all ready to number everybody, one? Everybody, hold on to your butts. What do you think it is, everybody? What's the number one most popular episode of 2015? See you on the oh, Other Side Podcast. Okay. Drum roll. <laughs> Secrets of the Vatican, Pope Francis, and UFO Disclosure. Which was episode? Uh, it was 42. episode 42, I believe. Oh, wow, 42. That's right. The answer to life, the universe, everything, and what's our most popular <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so uh, so uh. that episode, we discussed how uh, somebody stupid on the internet thought that for some reason the Pope was going to tell us all about uh, the fact aliens. that we had actually we've we know aliens are around, co- first contacts already happened, and finally the truth will come out. And, and it didn't. That was in June, <laughs> and while Pope Francis still seems like a groovy guy to a lot of people, he did not tell us about aliens, did he? No, sadly mwah, no. Mwah, mwah, mwah. But uh, in further discussion about that, there was a as excellent article in the Washington Post uh, a couple of weeks ago about the only guy that's an actual UFO lobbyist. Mm, that's right. So this guy, there's, there's somebody, I mean, he's a little older. I mean, he's like born in like the 40s. So uh, he's approaching 70 now and he's retired, but he just, he spends his time lobbying different lawmakers trying to get more information about UFO disclosure. And that's that's his job. That's a great job if you can get it. I'll say. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think he sleeps on a lot of people's couches. Like in the <laughs> article, they talk. So the thing is, being a UFO lobbyist, it's not the kind oh, of yeah. fa- it's not like being a tobacco lobbyist. It's not as glamorous as you think. <laughs> yeah. So let's say let's say you work for the tobacco company. Let's say you work oh, for the coal man. industry. Let's say let's say you work for the nuclear power industry. Then you're probably you probably have some excellent like your wallet isn't light steak and lobster yeah. dinners. You're taking people out. I'm sure they cover your drink expenses and things like that. Like the UFO lobbyist, if you can get some kind of organization to I don't even know what you would cover to cover your subscription to Netflix so you can watch old X-Files episodes. Like he, he's got, it's a rough life and it's a really interesting article. And the fact that somebody's actually like trying to do something about it. Somebody believes in disclosure so much, they're trying to get, uh, trying to get the government to admit it. And we have, there's one UFO lobbyist. And I tweeted about it when the article first came out and then they use Roswell in the title of the article. Okay. And somebody, more than one person actually responded to me about how Roswell's all crap. Yeah. You know, and I just think it's interesting. We're talking about 20 years ago and conspiracies and all this kind of stuff. 20 years ago, if somebody had told me Roswell is crap, I'd have been like, you're just fronting for the government, pal. You are just front. You're just spreading their lies. You're one of them, man. Who's got their hand in your pocket? You know, the kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, but are we kind of burned out on Roswell? 
Well, we were talking about yeah. that before. <laughs> about uh, yeah, yeah. It's just. I mean, don't you think like so? They had this thing called the Roswell slides coming out this year, and it was supposed to be, and this was. This was pretty close to when we we talked about the Pope and the UFO disclosure, right? Because the Roswell slides were in May. It was like yeah. Cinco, it was like Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, yeah it was. It was yeah, men. <laughs> Wasn't it after the paranormal conference? It was either after or right before. Oh, oh um, yeah. The, the parano- parano- paranormal oh. conference was June sixth. So yeah. um, the Roswell slide thing was May fifth. But the thing right. is, one of the yeah. guys yeah. at the Milwaukee. One of the guys in the Milwaukee Paranormal Conference, Don Schmidt, who we had also to talk to right before, the week before, actually, the big thing in Mexico City, Cinco de Mayo, the Roswell Slides. Um, a month afterwards, he had to come back to Milwaukee. And the thing is, the Roswell Slides, somebody said that they found these pictures of these you know, alien autopsy kind of stuff. Allison, would you say? Um, well, it, it looked like a, a small alien body and not, not exactly, it was, you know, akin to that, that whole, uh, alien autopsy thing, which, you know, probably as you were saying, you know, maybe that was the first thing that happened that people felt burned on that, you know, the alien autopsy video was fake. And now we have these slides and then they come out to be, not fake, but something that is not extraterrestrial. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like the body of a, somebody def, like somebody deformed, like a mummified body. Well, um, yeah, it's um, well that that's the thing, you know, um, the fact that you could release the slides and like in a few minutes somebody was able to you know find that you know in front of this display case where this uh, supposed alien body is displayed, there's a card. And the card, um, you know, tells about what's in the exhibit because it's from some museum. And uh, for like a few minutes after uh, the slides were released, somebody was able to take software to read what oh, was on that internet. exhibit card. Right. And to see that this was a, a child mummy. That's right. That's what it came out. And the thing is, so the thing is, the power of the internet is staggering. At the big party in, in, in Cinco de Mayo party they had in Mexico City when they showed the slides, they were like, well, experts can't figure out what's on the card. And, you know, we talked to who, who, which kind of experts? Top experts. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Thank and you for being so sudden, specific. Somebody on the internet, you know, uses probably Microsoft Paint and Zoom. Well, okay, it wasn't or, that bad, but yeah, it was, it was akin to that. Like you know, or that. and you know, it just uses preview and zooms it, and then all of a sudden reads it, and it's like, no, this is a child mummy. This isn't, uh, this isn't an, an alien at all. And um, you guys are lying, and and that's the thing. So people are burned out on Roswell. Well, I don't think. Well, let's just be fair. I don't think they were lying. I think they just didn't realize that you know there is software that you know can take an image which is you know not very high quality and you know can reconstruct you know the text on that you know i i just think they they didn't know that and they were just um, taking people's word witness testimony um you know about the slides and how they were acquired the whole pedigree i think they were you know maybe relying on that too much well, okay. I saying that they're lying is, is a 
a stretch. And, and, and But what I want to say about it is that I think guys like Don Schmidt, who, and I think Don's an excellent writer, an interesting guy, and a great researcher. I think guys like him, I don't think he cares if these slides are discredited. I don't think he cares if the alien autopsy is discredited because he's not looking for small amounts of evidence to eventually prove a case like you would be in a murder trial. You know, they say like, okay, there's 30 pieces of evidence here. They all add up to this points to that. I think a guy like Don Schmidt, after spending so much time, he needs to hit a grand slam. He needs the, he needs evidence that the UFO like, was there, like, like the body. Inarguable evidence. Right. Stuff like a, like, like a picture of a uh, gray high-fiving General Eisenhower. Or just a gray. Yeah. He needs a live gray. He needs a live gray to like, like to do it like a live Skype from his house. Be like, check it out now, guys. Right. That's the kind of thing that these UFO researchers need because they spent decades putting together tiny You're pieces right, of evidence. Yeah. A tiny piece of evidence. So what does this do? Things like the stuff in Mexico City gives him money to go back there and try to find that, that, that yep, slam dunk, right. that home run. Keeps and, him going and keeps him researching. And so, Because the thing is, people are not going to believe him anyway when he comes up with small amounts of evidence. Right. So if he gets money coming in to come back with huge evidence, I think that's what motivates these guys. Yeah. And it's like, okay, he's discredited. So what? I mean, most like he's hunting. The, he's actually hunting the truth, you know. Right. So he, I'm sure that's important to him more so than he believes in UFOs. Most right. people discredit him anyway. Right, that's true. So I think with a lot of these guys, what they want to do is they'll do whatever it takes to get that last shred of inarguable evidence. Mm-hmm. And so that's 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 maybe what the lobbyist is looking for too. That's what that's what all these guys are yeah. are, are trying to get at and. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that with Pope Francis uh, a little bit. <laughs> well, we talked about disclosure. We talked about that final thing because disclosure would be <laughs> when we had Pope Francis on. When we had when Pope Francis was on a guest, he's like, "Hello, Michael, Wendy, Allison, how is everybody doing?" He does not sound like Father Guido Sarducci. Like Mario, or something. he's Argentine, <laughs> right? I just figure when you're the Pope, you're always going to sound like. Hey, no, it's the Princess Peach. We got to watch out for the King of Koopa. I bounce on his turtles. I love it at the game. Oh, huh? Goodness. What do you guys want on your pizza, right? Oh, I'll, take pine- I'll take pineapple, baby. Oh, gosh. Um, what I'm saying is, so the, the whole thing of disclosure. So Pope Francis, like, he may be cool about atheists. He may be uh, respectful to uh, homosexuals and the church. But has he given us UFO disclosure? Like, that's all that counts. Like, Not the yet. rest of the stuff, like, what whatevs. <laughs> right. Let's talk about UFOs, sir. <laughs> all right. And that's, I think that's the most popular episode, yeah, Pope Francis. Because we should probably do an episode about Pope Francis every week <laughs> and then see if people don't. Like, we'll just do extra stuff, like Pope Francis and uh, false memories. That's right. There you go. And we'll oh, talk about... Uh, Talk about abuse, I guess, at the Catholic oh, Church. No, hey, no, no, no. We could have epi- like false memories. We could just go around and uh, say like, hey, abused by a priest, real, not real. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that was the number one. Number one. Done. So, well, that's quite a, that was quite a, a, a list of, of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it was a really good year, you guys. Thank you for being such great co-hosts. You too, Wendy. We had a lot of fun. And, um, I'm looking forward to next year and all these cool topics that we have yet to address. Right. And yes. I want to also thank the listeners mm-hmm. for listening and for giving us the feedback 
and we'd love to hear if there's a topic that we haven't covered that you would like us to cover. You know, please email us yeah. show at othersidepodcast.com or you can uh, reach, reach out to us on Twitter at other side talk. Yes. And also if anybody out there is writing uh, paranormal articles or has a paranormal experience they want to share, Ooh. we're currently working on some stuff for uh, othersidepodcast.com and othersideencounters.com Whoa. in 2016. So you can send any of that stuff to info at othersidepodcast.com and we're going to be blogging and doing some other fun stuff in 2016 to really, uh, really ramp up the paranormal uh, every in, instead of just every week, it's going to be every day, and so that's that's part of the fun that's we're going to have. Exciting! So excited! And, and remember, if you can pull us out of our body, <laughs> we you welcome just... you. We we were looking for that. OB. Oh man, that's yeah. a little, that sounds a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you figure out a way, if you figure out a way to pull me out of my body while I'm sleeping, well then, good for you know. Wow, you can have me. Oh my! <laughs> just come and get it. You heard it here. That's right. Yes. Well, what's he going to do? It's just like, okay, we're going to fly to the stars. Well, let's go. All right. Well, I hope everybody has a wonderful yes. New Year's Eve. Wonderful, and New Year's safe, Day. and don't anything, do anything stupid on yes. New Year's. Have a great time. Be safe. And we look forward to a big 2016. Big, big 2016. Big, big. All right. See you later. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. To celebrate the conclusion of 2015 and the ringing in of a brand new 2016, here is the Sunspot version of the traditional New Year's song, Old Lang Syne. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and
Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. It's all about the pulley sausage. That's how the demons get into your aorta. See what I deal with.